Good morning, dear Intriguer, and welcome to Intrigue Out Loud. Intrigue is taking a week off from the newsletter after 162 consecutive weekdays in your inbox, but there's still plenty of news to catch up on from all four corners of the globe. It's all coming up. Yevgeny Prigozhin, the leader of Russia's Wagner mercenary group, was reportedly one of 10 people killed in a plane crash around 300 kilometers from Moscow on Wednesday. Let me start with one overwhelming caveat. We know nothing. All the information about this case has been released through Russia's aviation agency and through other Russian internal agencies, and there's no way for credible international investigators or reporters to verify those reports. That said, some very powerful people in the Kremlin would have very good reason to want to see Prigozhin gone. Exactly two months to the day before his private plane crashed, Prigozhin marched his mercenaries turned mutineers across Russia's border into within 500 kilometers of Moscow before agreeing to turn around and relocate himself and his forces to Belarus. He hasn't exactly made good on that pledge. I mean, he appeared at a summit of African leaders in St. Petersburg last month, and he popped up in video addresses at undisclosed locations around the world. So would the Kremlin want to kill him? Probably, yes. But did they? And if they did, why did it take so long? And what does it mean for Wagner's future? Who the heck knows? India became just the fourth nation after the US, the USSR, and China to soft land a rover on the surface of the moon, and the first country to ever land a rover near the moon's south pole. The Chandrayaan-3 spacecraft represented India's second attempt to soft land a rover on the moon after its first attempt, the Chandrayaan-2, achieved what might be better described as a hard landing, aka it crashed and blew up. So Chandrayaan-3 is an enormous achievement, especially considering India's space budget is $1.5 small enough to orbit around NASA's $25 billion annual budget. But as impressive as the landing is, and for how much prestige it will win India's scientists, and remember, a Russian moon rover crash-landed on the moon's surface just three days prior, the real intrigue here is the location of Chandrayaan's landing. The South Pole is, after all, where scientists say the moon's water resources may be. So no wonder it's where Russia tried to land over the weekend, and where the U.S. is planning to send astronauts in 2025. And now, with India's successful landing, a whole host of other spacefaring nations will be taking note, too. I wondered aloud on these very airwaves on Tuesday whether the BRICS block of emerging economies would agree to welcome new members at their summit in Johannesburg, and if they did, who those new members would be? Well, we've got our answer. On Thursday, the summit's host, Cyril Ramaphosa of South Africa, announced that six countries, Argentina, Egypt, Ethiopia, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates, will join the BRICS, which now desperately needs a new acronym. And the expansion is big news for China's Xi Jinping, who wants to see the bloc become the central vehicle for challenging the hegemony of the U.S. and its allies. The problem is, if you wanted to assemble a group of countries with the economic gravitas to challenge the G7, 
you might not want to include Iran or Egypt. And if you wanted to assemble a group of countries with an ideological interest in challenging the G7, you certainly wouldn't include Argentina, not that you'd include it for its economy either. The issue for BRICS, and, and it's an issue that preceded this expansion, but will become more pressing with each additional member, is figuring out what they stand for. Some members might oppose the global order as it currently exists, but what do they want to build instead? Finally, the American chipmaker NVIDIA reported revenue of $13.5 billion in the second quarter this year, several billion more than expected, and more than double the same period last year, and they say they'll do even better next quarter. NVIDIA's chips, known as graphics processing units, or GPUs, are a primary component in generative AI technology. And while other big players like Google, Amazon, Meta, and IBM are in the GPU game too, more than 70% of AI chips are sold by NVIDIA. Why is that? Well, one reason NVIDIA is surging right now is because of the American Chips Act and semiconductor export controls implemented by the Biden administration. Chinese firms have purchased $5 billion worth of NVIDIA chips this year, some specially designed to conform to new rules and regulations, and companies in Saudi Arabia, the UAE, and elsewhere are buying NVIDIA in bulk, just in case the hammer comes down on them too. So, while the Biden administration's chip policy is a huge boon to NVIDIA now, this quarter, maybe the next, the boom times aren't guaranteed to last forever. And that's going to do it for me. Here are a couple more headlines to keep on your radar. The government of Nicaraguan President Daniel Ortega ordered the powerful Jesuit church to close and confiscated its property on Wednesday. And the West African ECOWAS bloc rejected a proposal from Niger's new military junta to implement a three-year transitional government, calling the move a provocation. That's it for now. I'm Ethan Plotkin. See you on Tuesday.